0: So this morning we have Ted Bruner again with us, and he's going to be sharing God's word with us this morning. So, Ted, come on up. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, family. Almost said team. Wearing that FCA hat. Good morning, church family. You are a team, I guess. It's good to be here. If you have your Bible still open, keep them there, please. To John 10. looking at the clock. We're going to work it, and I can tell you already, I have way too much to share in terms of time, so we'll, we'll see what we can do with this. There you go. Good, 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 good. Wow. I'm going to just go ahead and jump right into the text for time's sake, and um, I'm going to set this up, and there's some, some uh Places I want to stop and, and point out to you, but if, if you're writers, if you have a pen, I was recently challenged by um, a teacher of the Word of God. Uh, his challenge was this, whenever you open Scripture, search for the heart of God. So I would challenge you to write that down. Whenever you open Scripture, search for the heart of God. That may be challenging because I'm looking at uh, the age range of this this family right now. And for young moms who are like, Ted, if you only knew, you know, time's so limited. And even trying to meet with God um, to, to others' work work schedules, whatever it may be. Um, tr- try not to frame this in, in, in such a way like, you know, how do you do it in, in a t- time frame? But look at it more in the context of even if it's a, a verse a day. Some of the young men I get to work with, that's my challenge. You know, if, if you don't even handle... A written word of God. And we encourage them to, I try to introduce them to a Bible app and, and just encourage, start, start with a verse. Just start with a verse a day. But this really struck me, and, and this is only recently for me to, to to at least receive that in a sense of, is, is that really what I'm doing? You know, when I, when I read the word of God, am I searching for, for the heart of God? Uh, what, is, what is he saying? Where is he going? And I'm so glad for his written word because this is not about, oh, how do I feel today? And and the emotional part of that, which, you know, God's going to allow for, we, we can, every one of us, united here, whatever this number is, we can look at John 10 and draw conclusions because the word of God is sound. He's, you're going to see in this passage, Christ himself says, Scripture cannot be broken. But I want to walk you through it and just highlight a couple things uh, that you can receive. And, and here's, here's the basis for it. Uh, at, at the very beginning, at the time the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem, it was winter. And as I read through this and, and processed what is about to happen, I couldn't help but think about where uh, this, this is starting. Okay, now I, I have some guys in the back who I, I put to the test, I think, every time I come. But if you could dial up Solomon's colonnade that, that, on that PowerPoint, if you could show that. I want to give you a visual of where Jesus is. But I don't want you to miss the fact that it's, it's at winter time. So that, that was it. Maybe it'll pop up again. But Jesus is in a part of a temple that has an overhang. And this is the, the temple that Herod renovated. It's, it's, it's grand. It's glorious. It, it's big. Solomon's Colonnade is still named that way. Obviously, it was built by Solomon when he built the temple. But... Uh, Herod, There's still the name of that. So this is an overhang. This is a place you could be in, in at winter. Um, uh, I'm not so sure how much snow they're going to see, uh, but, but cold weather, yes. And, and all Jesus is doing is walking around. Uh, one suggested that a that, that study, he could just be walking around and stay warm. He's, he's not in a setting. The context is not where he has spoken out or gathered people to teach. Um, he's walking. But I want to just highlight winter because I think it sets up the passage. And and this is at least my attempt to say, God, where are you going with this? And there's still room for conversation here. I'm not coming as a final authority. Winter here means winter. It could mean storm. And I'm going to build off of that because if you read the text, um, I've been here a few times. I'm a part of the John group. Uh, I, I think there's a decent number helping you go through John. We know that John's writing so that you may what? Over 90 times, closer to 100. Every time a verb, John's writing to an audience to believe. You've read this text with Jim once already. What's happening in this text? Is there believing happening in this text or not believing? It's not believing. These, these are the sheep in John 10 that are not his sheep. This is, this is the, the more I think about it, this has got to be heartbreaking for Jesus because these are men and women. It says Jews. We don't know how many scribes and teachers. I'm, I imagine they're mixed in. By and large, this is a Jewish population who've come out to meet Jesus at the Feast of Dedication and disbelief is on their heart. You do not believe. You do not believe. And the more I read it, what I want to do is walk you through it in this context of disbelief and understanding that Jesus could have just kept his mouth shut, kept walking through the colonnade, and just moved on to the next day of his life with his disciples. And yet he stops, and he receives these people, and he, as as, as gloriously as he can, he meets them where they are, in their disbelief, and in their what would I say? They're they embraced disbelief. We we don't have any knowledge of, of any of them saying, "Oh Jesus, I'm so glad you finally said that." I believe we can trust and pray, but well, we don't see that in the text. I want to step back from that in terms of now attempting to uh, point out a few things to you because uh, winter is not just uh, a sea of relationship's belief. Some of you. Your workplace, uh, your relationships, you might just relate there like, Ted, uh, I get that. I I understand what that's like to live in in a season of, of winter with people who are just shake their fists at God. And it's hard. It's hard every day to minister to angry disbelievers, if you will, hardened disbelievers. But winter can come in all shapes and sizes in terms of the, the, the severity of the storm, the severity of your circumstances. Um, I don't want to reach too far, but, but I, I, think, I think in the context of what winter of the soul may look like, it's probably broader than what we all realize. Um, I was reminded of it uh, Friday night. I'll share this as an illustration of what's on my heart as far as the timing of life over uh, sharing from from, um, uh, from the pulpit and, and, and sharing a text, but some of you are aware of an event FCA does called Fields of Faith. Yes, it's a national event. It's a national night out. We, we work with our clubs. Uh, we, we host events at football stadiums. We turn on the lights and we worship God. Sometimes we worship bands. Students give testimonies. Guests are invited in. Sometimes we worship bands. We held three this year uh, we had one at Boyertown, one at Upper Perk High School. The, the national night out is usually a Wednesday. It was Wednesday the 11th. Uh, Southerton had to work with schedules, so they went Friday. And um, I don't know as, as it relates to uh, tracking you know, national news. I was not following this story, but apparently a former leader Of uh, Hamas, possibly, had called for a day of rage. Were y'all familiar with that? Friday was supposed to be a day of getting out and uh, acting out in in anger and vengeance, um, uh, as as I guess a unified stance for uh, for um, Hamas and. I took two calls. I, I took two calls from people who knew that news line and said, well, Ted, what are you going to do? You're, you're out there with high school students on a football field on the day that you know uh, people are invited to, to act out in anger. And uh, what we did is pray and, and sat down and processed that together. Um, but I thought it would be important for you to hear from me at least just one real-life instance in my own life where there were quiet moments Friday where I was just... Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how, like, accurate that is. I, I've never screened anybody at a Fields of Faith event, either side, you know, who's packing heat, who's got a gun, or... Um, and, and I will say there were those moments where you realize how frail. I knew what it was like to feel winter at that moment in my soul. Is that making sense? I, I knew, like, God, where are you in this? Should, should we do this? Should I cancel it? Should I go into the school and check with security? And... And uh, I, to, to that we were coming together today to, to receive John 10, that Jesus would speak to the hearts of these people, and it was winter, and he knew the winter of their hearts. Long story short, we, we just leaned on God, we called out to him, we processed things accordingly, and we felt it was safe to have the event, and by the grace of God, we did. And it was a wonderful night of worship, and it was a safe night, but... Just that, they're just that biting reminder that that is a part of reality though, right? I don't say that to frighten anybody or to unsettle you. That's just a part of where we are. And uh, uh, I want to praise the Lord with you. That's kind of my setup because Jesus is present in winter. Jesus is present in winter. I want to walk, search for God's heart with you and I want to point out just some areas where I see Jesus present And I am excited to share them with you because he's still present today. It it hasn't changed at all. He hasn't changed at all. And I wanna highlight that with you. And as time permits, we'll break some of this down, but I realize we have to keep it going. If, if you're highlighters or writers or note takers, at the time the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem, it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. I'm going to just stop there for a minute. So Feast of Dedication, I have a slide for that, just a little visual. Do you guys know what that is, Feast of Dedication? Still celebrated today? Hanukkah? Feast of Lights. This is the history of it. We can't break it down today, but you can Google it and search it. It's intertestament. By the time Jesus is living, it's, it's been around for ooh, not quite 200 years. You're talking about 165, uh, a horrendous man, Antiochus Fourth Epiphanes. He's, he's a Greek ruler, uh, overpowered Jerusalem, if you will, and he set up uh, a pagan idol Zeus in, in the temple. He ordered uh, swine to be sacrificed and tell the Jews you're not going to be Jews. The temple. He, he, he did everything he could to just hate the Jews and tell the Jews you're not going to be Jews. And, and, uh, a family rose up against him and, uh, uh, they overpowered him and, and overcame him. And this is the Maccabean family. Uh, although that's not their name, name, that's a name, give it to them. Um, uh, the, the son who who kind of led the charges named Judas Maccabeus, It's Judas the Hammer, Judas the Hammer. Uh, he delivered the people. The temple was restored. Um, the menorah was lit, and restoration of the temple was celebrated. And that's what happens late November, December, Feast of Dedication. Judas Maccabees, Judas the Hammer. I would suggest to you, the people who are talking to Jesus that stay in the winter of their hearts are looking and, and, and processing. Here's why we're in the temple. By the way, that's not a, an Old Testament. You won't see that with the feast. It's not like the tabernacle. Does that make sense? God didn't say you'll celebrate it like, like the tab- Feast of Tabernacles, Passover, and Pentecost. The Jews aren't coming required by God to come. This is, this is kind of like our Christmas. Um, Jesus is in the midst of it. And these people are processing we knew who Judas was. We knew what he was capable of. Are, 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 you, are you a sire or not? What I want you to write down and what I would encourage you guys that I receive for myself is, is Jesus is the champion. And I can lean on him. I would encourage you to make a note of that some way, somehow. Feast of Dedication celebrates, celebrates a deliverer. And if you want to look for a place to write it, turn to Psalms. You might want to write it right by this psalm, because this is a Feast of Dedication psalm. I don't know if you knew that. But turn to Psalm 30, and this is a psalm that is embraced at this time of year, closer to our Christmas. It says, Psalm 30 is a Feast of Dedication psalm. It says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his saints, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment and his favors for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night. There's our winter but joy comes in the morning. Jesus is going to win. <laughs> Jesus is, you could put, put other words there. I'm just, I'm just offering you ways I'm walking with Jesus through this colonnade today. He's our deliverer. He's our redeemer. You could write any of those words and you'll nail it for the feast of dedication. Jesus could have backhanded every one of these individuals with the reality of who he is. And, and he's going to get into a little bit verbally, but I, I, I want you to make sure you, you understand the context historically. The Feast of Dedication is celebrating a season in Jewish history that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of. Does that make sense? He is the champion, can lean on him every day. Whether we're working through making a decision for fields of faith, whether you're working through how to say what needs to be said with that, that uh, hard to reach coworker, meet him in the winter, see who he's doing, what he's doing i got to keep this train going. But now you see, they want to know, would you keep us in suspense? I don't even know if that was very grounded, but that's their argument. And he says, I told you, and you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness, but you do not believe because you're not among my sheep. Now, again, if you're writers, I would just highlight real quickly. I told you in John, John speaks of seven IMs. Seven I am. So I would just make a note to yourself. I told you. John's making it that right now. Uh, but, but he told you. John's making it very clear. I am the way. I'm the, vine, the truth. The life. I'm the resurrection. That's going to happen in John 11. I'm the vine. I'm the gate. All of them are inviting. Those are metaphors. You, you got an eight in John chapter eight when Jesus flat out says before Abraham was, I am. That's the name of God. Are you listening? I told you. So just make a note, John highlights that. Seven, really, eight times, I am. And then also, the works that I've done, the works that I've done, we know of 37 or so miracles in the New Testament. John picked how many? John didn't pick all 37. He handpicked them and inserted them and said, this is what I want you to know. Read it and learn, read it and learn. He is seven. Now you can do what you want with that number, but seven I am's and seven miracles. I told you, I did the works. Again, I don't want to be too harsh on these people, but I want you to understand what winter looks like. What winter looks like. I'm coming. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? When I look at that, guys, I see how Jesus progresses because um, he goes on now, and, and you've got to understand the disciples are listening. Verse 26 But you do not believe because you're not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I love the fact that in the midst of winter, in the midst of hardness of heart, Jesus turns this conversation to his, to you, to, our, to his, his children, our body, if you will, his body. And I would just write this down. I, I recognize him as my champion. He is, I recognize him as my shepherd. So as a champion, I lean on him. As a shepherd, I listen to him. If you have time this week, guys, I would Google sheep following shepherd and farmer someday. you will see. It's just one of the reasons why I would love to be a farmer someday. Farmers can call their sheep Five people can call the sheep that are not the farmers and the sheep will just ignore them and keep grazing. The farmer calls and they just come. And Jesus is speaking intimately in this context because his sheep do hear his voice. Sadly, sadly, these are not his sheep. And you can go back to John 10 that was shared uh, last Sunday with Nate and you can see that these, these, are, these are, are not in the fold. Um, We don't have time, guys, to, to, I would underline it, but you see that no one's snatching them out of Jesus' hands, verse 28, and no one's snatching them out of the Father's hands, 29. That's strong language, strong language. Just a fun fact, if I could get an address for you, um, 1 Thessalonians 4, but that's the word, you search that word snatch, it's not used a lot in Scripture, but that's the word used for God gloriously coming to snatch the church. Did you know that? That's the snatch. We are going to get snatched one day. Uh, We get our Latin word um, rapture from that. Uh, I've received that from my shepherd, and and I listen, and I'm excited, and it warms my heart in in this this winter season. He's my champion. He's my shepherd. Um, I'm going to have to sprint here, but I think some inquiring minds want to know uh, very plainly as you read this text... He's offering eternal life. He's calling God his Father. And then finally, verse 30, I and the Father are one. Make no mistake, if they weren't listening before, they have heard him say plainly now, even in your hardness of coldness of winter-like heart, I and the Father are, are one. And recognizes himself as God. We know that by verse 31, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Why? Because they are going to accuse him of blasphemy. They heard him clearly. Today, someone might look and, and twist this text, but understand clearly, this audience of, of, of winter-like cold hearts has heard Jesus clearly, P- perhaps for the first time, but they've heard him clearly. Clearly. Now, what I'll do, and I'll close out with this, guys, is I love what we see about our Savior here. And, and this is what I'm going to say. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. Let's learn from him. So as we wrap up today, let's learn from him. In order to do this, see what he does. Let's listen. Um, he says this. And how about in every instance, Jesus does not flee the scene. Even when the stones are being picked up, I am just amazed that Jesus just holds the fort. I'll, I'll still meet you here. In the winter, hardness, coldness, I'll still meet you here. John, at least John, if not the others, have to be just reflecting on this like this. He's just amazing. I want to learn. I want to listen. I want to lean. But he goes on and uses this argument. You see that there? Is it not written in your law, I said your gods? If he called them gods to whom the, world, to whom the word of God came... And scripture cannot be broken. Underline that. That's still true today. That's a great way to live. That is a great way to live. I'm I'm going to fall back on today. God, I need to make a hard decision in this season of winter in my life. It's cold. It's it's dark. It's gray. I'm battling attitudes. I'm battling uh, news. Whatever it may be, fall back on the word of God. It can't be broken. And you see this conversation he's having. Is it not written in your law, I said, your gods? If you call them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken, and, the, and scripture cannot be broken. Do you say of him whom the father consecrated and sent into the If God? Because I said, I am the son of God. If I'm not doing the works of my father, then don't believe me. But if, you, if I do them, even though you don't believe me, believe the works that, I may, that you may know and understand that the father's in me and I'm in the father. Now, to understand that, we're going into some bonus time. Bear with me. Hope we're okay. I don't see the hook coming after me. We need to go to Psalm 82. So let's turn there, and then I'll try to tie it in and and, and close it out and and, uh, continue on here. But Jesus is 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 the Son of God clearly here. We're gonna learn from Him. Psalm 82. If if you turn there, I'll I'll just just read it. This is this is the the text. Scripture can't be broken. So Jesus is just weaving. That's why you want to read through your Bible, front to back, front to back. This is what's happening. Psalm of Asaph. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of God's, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaking. I said you are gods. Sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, and judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations." So if I were you, I well, I would encourage you to um, make, make a note, take, take yourself back from Psalm 84 to John 1034 so you can see the connection. The, the psalmist is speaking on behalf of God to, to judges. Elohim is a plural name for God, but it's not his exclusive name Yahweh. So this is a title. This can be used of angels, it can be used of earthly judges. Do you know the story in the Old Testament of the, the slave who wants to be a slave for life? And what was he supposed to do? I love my master. I will go to the door of the house and he will, it's a beautiful picture, right? He'll hammer an awl through my ear. He'll pierce my ears. You know that story? That that, that ring that would hang from it would be a sign of devotion. Well, if you read the context of that, that man is either doing that before God. You look at your translation, some of your your translation will read God, capital G. Some will read Judges. That's how intermixed it is in, in, in translating the text. So this isn't like inappropriate to call a man God, small letter G. These men were speaking for God, and they should have known better. Does that make sense, Psalm 82? I've given you a role as a voice of God, small letter G, God, do it. You have failed. And what Jesus is doing is he's just referencing, it's almost like the work of a rabbi. He's now using almost like, well, not almost, it's rabbinical logic. It's the argument from lesser to greater. If this is what happened then, I've come, I've said I'm the Son of God, and I've backed it up with my words and my deeds, what are you going to say to that? Is that making sense? Jesus, hands down, if you haven't met him yet today, meet him today because there's nothing to be said. There's nothing to be said after that, right? After that. So I just just love him. I love how he operates. I love how he works even in the seasons of the of, of, of season of winter. And that's not to say that there's not a spring. And that's the note we're going to end on, guys, because my fourth, my fourth takeaway, very quickly, he escapes from their hands. I, the father's in me, I'm in the father. Verse 38. What, what, what more can be said? So now we're going to try to arrest him. And it says verse 40 he went away again and crossed the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing. And what I want you to highlight, and, and I just see Jesus there, it's that there he remained. There he remained. And I'd underline that word because what I see there is Jesus being my source of life. So I'm gonna to choose to live in him. The word there is meno. It, it, it means to abide. You could, could write that. It's a beautiful word. You guys remember when John uh, Jesus said in John 15... I am the vine, you are the branches, if, if, if you remain in me, that's, it's almost like a John word, it's used over a hundred times in scripture, but John will use that word, remain, over 40 times, in John, in his other letters, it's over 20 times, so 60 plus times, John is like, Jesus, I want to dwell, I want to remain, I want to abide, I want to live, and look what happened there. And I want to end on this note. I didn't want to be so much dark and heavy, but I wanted you to understand that Jesus doesn't run from winter. He doesn't hide. He walks through it. And he's like, come with me. I'll be every one of these things for you. Because I am. You can just discover that on your own, but you will discover it. Stay close. And what happens? L- look at what happens. And many believed him in him there. The fruit of remaining... The fruit of abiding, I believe it's still available for us today. And I just encourage you guys, this is my prayer as we close out, that even if you're in that hard to be season, Lord, I don't know what to do about fields of faith. I don't know where to go about this decision. This person just is so hard. Um, Look at the news, what are we doing? Just remember these truths. Come back to John, walk through this hard place with Jesus, but meet him there. And know that he is still your champion. I'll lean on him. He's still my shepherd. I'll listen to him. He's still my savior. I'll learn from him. The word of God cannot be broken. I'll be a man of God today through the written word of God. I'll be a woman of God today through the study of God's word. It can't be broken. And best of all, I'm just going to remain in him. Sometimes in the winter of life, I just need to take a seat and receive him and enjoy his presence. I appreciate you guys just walking through this with me today. It's a wonderful text. It's a glorious text, but that's because Jesus is wonderful and glorious. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for time to look at your word. Fascinated how you reveal yourself. Fascinated how you're doing it through the lens of people like John who are watching and learning. And I can't imagine the discoveries they were making in settings like this. I, I just know my, my heart, it grows so faint and so weak and so frail. And I, I just think, I, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine sitting in your presence and watching and listening and, and seeing you say something that would warrant somebody picking up a rock to throw at you. And, and, and then what, what, what would we do with that? So I only say that, Lord, and pray that because I, I know... Some of us, if not all of us, at some point, we are in seasons like that, Lord. We just feel like we're getting pelted. We can't um, make heads or tails. And, and it is a cold season, and it's a hard season. But um, we're thankful that you don't just uh, skirt around it. You, you go through it. And look how you do that, oh, Lord, just so amazingly so. We thank you for what you've showed us today, we thank you for how you teach, how you live, how you love, and, and ultimately how you deliver. So, Father, we just pray that, above all, we would keep our eyes focused on you and, and pray, if not, uh, Lord, uh, as earnestly as tomorrow, that at least today we would pray earnestly and maybe even more so tomorrow, come, Lord Jesus. So continue to bless the Lighty's family, guide them on the mission you put them on, Lord, uh, keep them in your care, and let us, Lord, just daily abide in Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen.